welcome into timeout with lance wherever you may be and however you may be listening welcome into the podcast it's friday december 11th i am now on winter break for the rest of the month and into january so i should be able to continue the podcast each week from home and uh, this is my first podcast from home and so let's get right into it before we get into pro football and college football scores do want to first address the college football playoff rankings controversy that went on this week. So if you didn't know, every Tuesday this time of year in the college football world, the college football playoff committee will put out rankings. Um, and of course, the top four rankings matter because those four teams that are ranked one through four will play each other um, in the college football playoff. And uh, so the controversy is Ohio State is ranked number four. And Texas A&M uh, is ranked number five and four is number six. And you're going, well, okay, those are just rankings. But the thing is, um, Ohio State is only 5-0. and They've played only five games. Their game against Michigan this weekend uh, has been canceled. And previously, the Big Ten Conference had rules, which are made up by – the rules are set by the athletic directors for the Big, Big Ten, is that um, a Big Ten – team needed to qualify for the Big Ten Championship with at least six played games, and Ohio State did not play six games, of course, and uh, they were not going to qualify for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis against Northwestern. But this week, um, the Big Ten athletic directors voted to have those rules change, and now Ohio State is now eligible for the Big Ten title game at 5-0, against uh, Northwestern and the big gripe about that is well really would any other team other than Ohio State get the benefit of the doubt like would someone like Michigan State Penn State Indiana or uh yeah Michigan State would would they get the benefit of the doubt and would Ohio State uh, would they get the same benefit of the doubt or same advantage as Ohio State with regards to those rules and my, my opinion on that is no, frankly, because if you didn't know, college football, it's basically a, another big business. And, you know, Ohio State is arguably the, is probably the biggest moneymaker uh, athletics-wise for the Big Ten Conference. And so if they aren't exposed on a national stage like in a conference championship or potentially the college football playoff, then the Big Ten is just going to lose a lot more money as if they haven't lost enough money already this year due to the COVID pandemic. But my thing is, and I am trying to keep my bias out of it as an A&M fan and as, as an A&M student, but the thing is A&M has played more games, has played a tougher schedule. Um, the strength of schedule, in, in fact, for A&M is in the top five in the country, and Ohio State's in like the 30s or 40s. I don't know exactly where, but AM's strength of schedule is much, much higher. Um, and Ohio State, the only team they really, the good team they beat this year is Indiana. And uh, Indiana played them very, very close. They lost by seven, and Indiana now lost their quarterback to a torn ACL. And so AM can make the argument well, we've had a tougher strength of schedule, we've played more games. Um, our one loss is to the best team in college football, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And unfortunately for AM, their game against Ole Miss this weekend was canceled 
due to Ole Miss having a COVID scare in their program. So unfortunately, A&M can't really add its resume um, unless Alabama just collapses on itself against Arkansas this weekend. Well, they can't actually because Alabama does have the head-to-head win over A&M. So Alabama would – they're going to the SEC championship game already. And uh, they, I don't think Alabama will lose to Arkansas. But my the bottom line is I think A&M should be in the top four um, over Ohio State because Ohio State really hasn't shown enough. Now, the national media, of course, likes Ohio State way more than A&M does. You don't need to be a college football nerd to know that. Um, but the thing is, uh, uh, it's just a- what does a And M really have to do? I think they they just at this point have to blow out Tennessee. Hopefully, uh, you know Ohio State doesn't really impress that much in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern, but we'll see. The biggest pe- the biggest way for the best way for a And M to get into the playoff at this point is Alabama goes undefeated, um, beats Florida in the SEC championship. Hopefully Notre Dame beats Clemson for the second time in the ACC championship. And so that would be the top two. Clemson would get knocked out at that point. And then uh, I guess A&M could be three or four. And if Ohio State wins the Big Ten title, they'll probably be number three. And if A&M wins and wins out, they'll be number four, as long as Alabama doesn't lose to Florida. Because if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship, then Florida is getting in, and I think Alabama is going to be in the top four as well, because Alabama is just such a good team and they've, they have a really good strength of schedule. So that's the best way for A&M to get into the playoff. Um, there are a lot of arguments for A&M and a lot for Ohio state, but I'm just putting forth my opinion. I think A&M should be in the top four over Ohio state. I don't think Ohio state has done enough to meet the committee's criteria and the big 10 changing the rules for Ohio state. I think that's a little bit shady. I don't think anybody else, in the Big Ten would have gotten that world change for them. Um, it's really only for Ohio State because they're the biggest money maker athletics wise in the Big Ten. But uh, bottom line, just we'll see how that plays out over the next couple of weekends. Now moving on to Texas A&M, Ole Miss. They did get canceled again. Uh, so AM, bottom line, they're going to have to impress next next weekend uh, in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that all plays out. Now going on to college football picks since we're on the top of the topic of college football. Uh, so let's start out with the early games. Uh, Alabama is going on the road against Arkansas. Like I said before, Arkansas, I don't see how they hang with Alabama. Bama is a 32-point favorite. Mac Jones is a Heisman front runner along with Kyle Trask at Florida. Um, the, Alabama is the best wide receiver in college football. And Devontae Smith, Najee Harris is a superb running back. And the Bama defense has improved the past four to five weeks, giving up only about 13 points a game. So when Bama's defense is playing as well as its offense these days, uh, Bama's just flat out unstoppable. I think Bama's going to cover the 32-point spread and just blow out Arkansas. Not even close. Georgia's on the road to play Missouri. Uh, Georgia... Georgia's going to have a tough time, I think, with Missouri's offense, but I'm going to pick Georgia and Kirby Smart and the defense to pull it out over Missouri up in Columbia. Northwestern is going to host Illinois uh, in Evanston. Northwestern should handle Illinois pretty easily. Illinois has not impressed at all this year. 
Colorado undefeated number 21. They're going to host Utah, who's only played three games. Colorado easily covered the two-point spread. Coastal Carolina, they're coming off that big win over BYU. They hosted BYU, of course, last weekend, and BYU played them on a very short notice. But anyway, Coastal Carolina is 10-0. They're going going on the road to play Troy in Alabama. Coastal Carolina's 13.5-point favorite. Uh, Gunnar Watson's a good quarterback for Troy, but Coastal Carolina, I think, is a little bit more talented, and 13.5-point favorites on the road tells you something, so I'm going to pick Coastal Carolina to beat Troy. North Carolina is going to host uh, Miami at in in Miami, of course, this weekend. It's a 2.30 p.m. Central kickoff. The Tar Heels, uh, Sam Howell, quarterback, Michael Carter, running back, Diamond Brown, a wide receiver, really good trio for the Tar Heels. But I just think the Miami uh, offense is playing good as of late, and so is their defense. And so Miami at 8-1, I think they're going to defend home field and hand North Carolina the fourth loss. Iowa should beat Wisconsin in Iowa City. Um, Oklahoma State's traveling to Waco to take on Baylor. Oklahoma State should beat Baylor. Uh, LSU is going to get smoked by Florida in Gainesville. Florida's going to move to 9-1. and one. I'm pretty much sure that. A uh, funny thing that happened this week is LSU slapped itself with the one-year bowl ban, even though they're probably not going to be bowl. Well, they will be bowl eligible bowl eligible because this year with covid you don't need to get the six wins to usually be bowl eligible but lsu is going to get smoked by florida and they're not going to go to bowl game but so be it i guess it's kind of a kind of a you know like you gotta chuckle to yourself frankly because you know they're a terrible team and they're imposing a one-year bowl ban when they're not really expected to win a bowl game but it is what it is 2020 has been a wacky year USC is hosting you. There's actually going on the road to play UCLA in Pasadena. This is the crosstown rivalry with the LA teams, Southern California versus UCLA. Uh, USC is 4 0. They're ranked number 15. They will win UCLA. Big picture, though, uh, UC- USC is not a player in the college football playoff because, uh, one, because no one really pays attention to the Pac 12. And they haven't really had a good strength of schedule either. BYU at 9-1, and one, going back home to play San Diego State after that loss last weekend to Coastal Carolina. They're hosting San Diego State. They're 17-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Zach Wilson and the Cougars are going to bounce back, and uh, they should get the win easily versus the Aztecs. Canceled and postponed games. Ohio State-Michigan, like I said before, is canceled. AM Ole Miss is postponed, but I think it's not going to be made up, so you can basically cancel it at this point. Something may happen, but I doubt it. Cincinnati Tulsa is canceled. Oklahoma West Virginia is canceled. Purdue and Indiana is canceled. And Texas Kansas is also canceled due to uh, about nine uh, Texas players and 13 staff members from TU testing positive for COVID 19. So that is the college. News from the college football world. Now moving on to pro football. Thursday night football this week in week 14. The L.A. Rams, they beat the New, New England Patriots out in L.A. 24-3. Uh, the Rams are 9-4. and four. They're one of the better teams in the NFC this year. Patriots are just having a down year. Cam Newton's basically done as a starter in the NFL. Like He's not going to get a $35-plus million a year contract with anybody. 
So um, Bill Belichick at some point is going to move off of Cam Newton. Now moving on to the Sunday games. First up uh, on the docket, you got my Houston Texans coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Indianapolis Colts last weekend going on the road to play the Chicago Bears. Houston's one and a half point favorite. Now, Mitchell Trubisky, he's not impressing very much as the Bears quarterback. Just ignore my phone ringing for a minute. Uh, Texans, I think they're going to win this game. Deshaun Watson, uh, he unfortunately does not have Will Fuller for the remainder of the season and into the 2021 season with a PED suspension, but uh, I still count on Deshaun Watson to get the job done. He put up decent numbers last week versus the Indy defense, which is pretty good. And the Bears have a good pass rush, too, led by Khalil Mack, their outstanding all-pro linebacker. But uh, I think the Texans are going to get it done. They're only one-and-a-half-point favorites. But uh, I think they will cover, and they should beat the Bears because I don't see the Bears playing for anything either. Cowboys are on the road to play the Bengals. This is a game of two really bad teams. The Bengals don't have Joe Burrow anymore, so they can't do squat on offense. And the Cowboys, you never know what the Cowboys are going to put on the field every week. I guess I'm going to pick the Cowboys to beat the Bengals, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win and win and cover as a three and a half point underdog. Now, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be the Chiefs going on the road to play the Dolphins. The Chiefs are 11-1 coming off a kind of a shaky win against the Broncos last weekend on Sunday Night Football. They did have a couple picks of Drew Locke, uh, and Patrick Mahomes only had one touchdown to Travis Kelsey. But uh, the thing is, the Dolphins' third-down defense is going to be the key in this game. The Dolphins' third-down defense is the best in the NFL uh, that translates translate that into getting Patrick Mahomes off the field. But uh, I do say that the Chiefs have too much offensive talent. And Tua Tagovailoa, he's a good quarterback. He's coming along nicely. But the Chiefs, I think, have such a dynamic offense. Uh, Tyreek Hill, fastest player in the NFL at receiver. Travis Kelsey, far and away the best tight end in the game. Good set of running backs for the Chiefs in quite Edward Solaire and Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams. And the Chiefs' defense can get it done when it matters most. You can count on the Dolphins' defense, too. But I just think the Chiefs are overwhelmingly good on offense. Um, I think this is going to be a close game. KC will not cover the 7.5-point spread as the favorite. But the Dolphins will play it close. But the Chiefs will end up winning, I'd say, like a 30, say like a 34 to 28 type of game. But the Chiefs should come out on top. Cardinals are playing the Giants up in New York. Uh, the Giants are coming off a really nice win last week up against the Seahawks. They shut down Russell Wilson, won 17-12. Uh, the Cardinals did lose last weekend as well, and Kyler Murray is going to have his hands full with the much-improved Giants. The Giants are actually they're on a nice little five-game winning streak after starting the season 1-7. Joe Judge, their recently um, appointed head coaches doing a really good job. I think the Giants players are buying into a system. I am going to pick Arizona on the road just because I think Kyler Murray will do enough damage with his legs. The past three or so games, he has not done that much damage, which is with his legs, but we all know that he's he's explosive with his legs. He's a really good dual threat quarterback. And the Cardinals, 
with their offensive talent led by DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, I think they could give the Giants a run for their money. And I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Giants this week. Next game up is the Minnesota Vikings against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Tampa. Tampa's coming off a bye. Um, they've had a couple weekends to think about their loss to the Chiefs. Tom Brady and the Bucs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The thing is, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, one of the better running backs in the league, but the Buccaneers' uh, run defense is, I think, uh, ranked number one in the league, so that's going to really force Kirk Cousins to throw the ball, and he does have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw to on the outside, but um, I, th- I think the Bucs, with their loaded weapons just at all three levels, running back, tight end, receiver, I think they're going to give the Vikings defense, which is not as good as as it's been in the years past. It's going to give the Vikings defense trouble, and the Bucs should uh, beat the Vikings, I think, handily. I think the Bucs are going to cover this six-and-a-half-point spread and beat the Vikings easily. Broncos are on the road going to take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Broncos, of course, coming off that loss to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football last weekend, and the Panthers, uh, I think they lost last weekend as well. I'm forgetting. But uh, I think the Panthers are going to win at home. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is ruled been ruled out again because I did check this weekend. Mike Davis is going to be the feature back for the Panthers because I checked my fantasy lineup, and uh, – Mike Davis's expected output increased like by 13 points, so that gave me the, the idea that Christian McCaffrey is going to be out. Uh, the Bron- Neither team is really impressed to me, but I'll just pick the Panthers at home. Titans are going on the road to play the Jaguars. Titans, of course, are coming off that uh, close loss to the Cleveland Browns last week, but it wasn't really close because it was 38-3 to at half. Uh, 30, yeah, 38 38- to three or 38 to six at half against Cleveland. Uh, the thing is in the NFL, when a team usually get, gets blown out the next weekend, you expect them to really bounce back. And I think the Titans will definitely bounce back against the Jaguars. One of the worst teams in the league. Uh, the Jaguars are 11 and one and 11 playing for maybe the number one pick who knows at this point, but uh, the Jaguars will get blown out by the Titans. Mark my words. Colts going on the road. To play the Raiders, the story of this game is going to be the Raiders' offense, which uh, is very, very explosive against the Colts' defense, which can be good but has been exposed a few times. Uh, Indianapolis is a three-point favorite. I'm just not buying Indy as a favorite in this game. I am going to pick the Raiders to win at home. They are coming off a close loss in the New York Jets this past weekend where Greg Williams, the now-fired Jets defensive coordinator, called a cover zero blitz basically that means um the receivers the cornerbacks are one-on-one with the receivers on the outside um there's no safety help over the top uh you have six seven or even eight pass rushers rushing the quarterback and uh henry ruggs the raiders quarter the raiders wide receiver got a gift from Derek carr just no safety help over the top against a rookie cornerback and he's one of the fastest players in the league, and so he had an easy touchdown catch to seal the win, and that's what ultimately got got Greg Williams fired. Uh, But be that as it may, the Raiders will beat the Colts at home. I don't trust the Colts to put much up on offense on the road. Speaking of the Jets, they are on the road to take on the Seahawks. 
The Seahawks are coming off the disappointing loss to the Giants last weekend, 17-12. to But uh, I do not think the Giants are going to hang with the Seahawks. Pardon me. The Seahawks are 13.5-point favorites, and the Jets um, do not really do anything impressive on offense or defense, and so the Seahawks should blow them out. Packers are on the road to take on the Lions. Uh, Green Bay is a nine-point favorite. Uh, you can count on Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams to get the job done against Detroit. In Detroit, I don't see how the Lions um, muster anything to challenge the Packers. Maybe on the ground because the Packers' def- Packers run defense isn't that good, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing like the old Aaron Rodgers this year. So the New Orleans Saints, they're starting Taysom Hill at quarterback again in place of the injured Drew Brees. They're on the road to play the 3-8-1 Philadelphia Eagles, who are just a mess right now. Carson Wentz, their $35 million quarterback, got benched last week in Green Bay for Jalen Hurts, who was the Eagles' uh, top draft pick this year. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, I do expect good things of him. He played well in college, and he filled in nice kind of nicely last week against the Packers. He made some good throws, had a nice touchdown pass. But uh, the Saints defense is one of the best in football. And Taysom Hill, he's a nice dual threat, and he's getting better every week as a passer. You can count on Michael Thomas to get the job done on the outside, too. And Alvin Kamara is still one of the better running backs in the league, although his numbers haven't been as good with Drew Brees being out. But uh, I count on Taysom Hill, Sean Payton to get the job done because the last two years, when Drew Brees is out in the regular season, the Saints are 8-0, and I think they're going to be 9-0 after Sunday, so they'll beat the Eagles and cover the seven-point spread. Falcons are on the road to play the Chargers. Chargers are at home, but they're coming off a 45-0 blowout loss to the New England Patriots. Um, you can expect that with Bill Belichick because he shuts down young quarterbacks um, at will. But... Uh, this weekend, the Chargers, I think they're going to bounce back against the Fal- The Falcons' defense is one of the worst in the leagues, worst in the NFL. The Chargers do have a nice plethora of wide receivers and tight ends and running backs, and, they're, and the Chargers' secondary is pretty good. You'd be fooled by looking at the Chargers' record, 3-9. and nine. I don't think that's indicative of how talented the roster is, but there's a saying in the NFL, your record, your record is what you are. And so the Chargers are 3-9. and nine. They're not going to bait the playoffs. But Justin Herbert should have a chance to bounce back and put up big numbers against the Falcons' defense. Atlanta is a three-point favorite, supposedly, but I'm going to pick the Chargers to beat the Falcons. Washington football team on the road to play the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to pick the 49ers just because, just because they're at home. This is kind of a flip them game. Not really going to watch this game at all, but I'm going to pick the 49ers. Sunday night football this weekend, though, I'm definitely going to try and watch this game. This is going to be a really good game. Going to be the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers going up to Buffalo to take on the 9-3 Bills. Buffalo is a three-point favorite. Now, the Steelers are coming off their first loss of the season this past Monday to the Washington football team, so now they're 11-1. Um, and the Bills are coming off a nice win on Monday night football this past week against uh uh, the 49ers and Josh Allen played really, really well in that game, had three or four touchdown passes, and he's do- 
And Josh Allen this year has just taken a massive step forward. And I think that's credit to uh, Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, for going more spread and doing more three and four wide receiver sets instead of like a ton of tight ends and tailbacks. Uh, so Josh Allen, he's playing really, really well right now. The Bills defense is getting better every week. The thing with the Steelers is their uh, front seven is pretty good, but they lost um, their top pass, one of their best pass rushers, Bud Dupree, to injury. Uh, the Steelers secondary is good, but the thing is the Steelers offense, they can't run the ball hardly at all. I think last week, against the Washington football team. They had 14 rushes for only 21 yards. So Ben Roethlisberger was forced to throw 53 or 55 times, which over time, that's just not going to work long-term. So the Steelers, unless they fix that pretty soon, their their offense is just not dynamic enough. They have a nice set of receivers, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Deontay Johnson, I can go on and on, but the Bills, I think, are better overall talented on offense. And even though, even though the Steelers are talented a little more on defense, the Bills, I think Josh Allen is playing out of his mind right now. And since they're at home, I'm going to pick the Bills to win. This could be a really close game, kind of like a 27-24 type of game, but I'm going to pick the Bills to win on Sunday Night Football. And Monday Night Football this week should be a good game, should be a good game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Browns are nine and three coming off that nice win versus the Titans where they were up 38 to three at half uh, versus the Ravens. Um, I'm mm, Baltimore is a two point favorite according to the odds makers, but uh, Cleveland's Cleveland's a dangerous team. I think Cleveland has the potential to make a good playoff run with Baker Mayfield playing very, very good as of late. He's not forcing the ball like he was when Odell Beckham was in the lineup. Brown's defense is quite nasty. Miles Garrett is one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's definitely showing why he was the number one overall pick back in 2017. He is up near the league lead with like 10 and a half or 11 sacks. Um, the Brown's offensive line is, is pretty good too. Uh, Brown's have nice weapons on the outside and at tight end. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt form the best one-two punch at running back in the league. The Browns have the number one rushing offense in football. And the Ravens, uh, they have a decent rush defense, but I just think Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt are going to go absolutely bananas this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be efficient. Lamar Jackson, he's going to put up his numbers for the Ravens, but when you get behind with the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is just not built to play from behind. So the Browns are going to get a lead in this game, and I think they're going to uh, beat the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football and cover the spread as a two-point underdog. Moving on now to pro basketball, NBA, and college basketball a little bit. Uh, this week, James Harden, he reported to the Rockets training camp, but unfortunately he couldn't get like into it because he now has to test uh negative for COVID six days in a row. And I think he's on day three right now at this point. So he's missing training camp and the NBA preseason actually starts tonight. I think you have like the Rockets taking on the Bulls and then you have the Lakers playing the Clippers. But the big story is James Harden. Like he's been rumored all off season at this point now to be out of Houston. Basically he's wants to go to goes, go to teams like the, Nets, the 76ers, the Bucks, the Heat, 
maybe even the Clippers. I doubt that's going to happen. Or even the Warriors, like, that would be crazy if that would happen. But um, James Harden, it's just been constant drama with him. Um, he's just not satisfied with Houston. He doesn't like the culture there. There was rumors a while back that he was not satisfied with the way Tillman Fertitta, the Rockets owner, was dealing with Donald Trump or something like that. But regardless, um, uh, James Harden, I think he needs to buck up and just show up as a professional because players and agents around the league are just scoffing at his behavior. It's just not, they're just not thinking that that's professional behavior at all. So he just needs to get back to training camp and hopefully work together with the Rockets because I think with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood, the newest additions to the Rockets roster, I think the Rockets are still a playoff team and they still can contend in the Western Conference. I don't think they're better than the Lakers or even the Clippers or the Nuggets necessarily, but they're up there for sure. And so if James Harden can just pull out this year, see how it goes with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, and the rest of the Rockets roster, I think the Rockets can at least make the Western Conference semifinals be one of the top eight teams in the league. Um, but that's that's all dependent on James Harden. And if you tra- trade James Harden now, maybe you'll get more value. I think the best destination for James Harden is the Sixers. He'll be paired with Joel Embiid, one of the best centers in the league. And the Rockets should get back get back Ben Simmons, who's a really, really good player with a high IQ, one of the best point guards. He's 6'10", lengthy, put the ball on the floor. He can score really, really well. Of, of course, the problem with Ben Simmons is he doesn't have a jump shot at all. It's broken, basically. And so he would have to learn to shoot pretty quick. But as soon as Ben Simmons learns to shoot, um, a lot of people, especially Stephen A. on ESPN, he's – He's saying that Ben Simmons is basically the second coming of LeBron James, which I'm I'm waiting to see if that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, Ben Simmons would be an interesting fit for the Rockets. Um, pairing him with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins would be quite interesting. See how the lineups work out then. But uh, regardless, uh, James Harden is reporting to Rockets training camp, but he needs to test negative for six straight days before he gets back into action. Another news from the NBA, the big news this week is Paul George uh, signed, extended his contract. And now he is signed for the Clipper to the Clippers for five years and $226 million, which is absolutely bananas. Um, I really don't think he deserves that money. He's not, LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, a Kawhi Leonard, a Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not Steph. He's not a Steph Curry. You know those type of players who you expect who deserve that money. Who I I just don't think Paul George is really that good of a player to deserve that money. I don't think he's a number one option on a championship team. And this this playoff in these playoffs in the bubble, he just flat out choked in in the round versus the Denver Nuggets. And so uh, I'm just kind of shocked that the Clippers gave him that money, but Steve Ballmer is the richest owner in the NBA. So I guess he can afford to pay Paul George that money, but I doubt Paul George would get that big of an offer anywhere on the open market. So good for the Clippers, I guess. Um, I did read something yesterday to say maybe they're doing it strategically. So because Kawhi Leonard, their top player and top superstar, he does have a player option after this upcoming season. So that means he could opt out and become a free agent. And so if Kawhi Leonard leaves and 
they just have Paul George, then they could trade Paul George to somebody else to maybe rebuild or something, get a bunch of assets back. Because to get Paul George, they gave up like five first-round picks and a couple players and a few second-round picks just to get him, which is a lot of draft, just a lot of compensation for just one player. And I don't think Paul George was worth that much. But regardless, um, he's locked into the Clippers for five years, at least for now, but we'll see how the season plays out with him and Kawhi Leonard. And I still don't think they're going to beat the LA Lakers who have LeBron and Anthony Davis, the best duo in the league. Now, finally with college basketball, there's top 25 uh, action going on today. And tomorrow you got Kansas uh, playing Oklahoma, West Virginia's beating uh, North Texas right now, Creighton against Nebraska, Villanova against Georgetown, Iowa ranked number three, hosting Iowa state. Florida against Florida State, Tennessee against Cincinnati, North Carolina hosting North Carolina Central. You got Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. You got number six, Illinois, going on the road to play Missouri. You got number one, Gonzaga. Um, their game against Northern Arizona is canceled because they are having COVID issues. Houston is ranked number seven. They're going to host Rice, but that game was postponed. And Duke, Duke's game against Charleston Southern was canceled. And one last thing with college basketball, Coach K um, for Duke, he was saying the other day that college basketball should consider canceling the season. But the funny thing is Alabama's head coach, Nate Oaks, called out Coach K because um, Duke has two home non-conference losses this year, which is more than they've had in the past 20 years combined. And so uh, the head coach for Alabama is wondering if Coach K is just kind of being a sore loser, but – I, I get where he's coming from, but uh, I guess Coach K is a little bit more concerned about COVID than other people, but that's his concern. But I think college basketball should be playing right now, whether there's fans or not. I think if an empty arena is an empty arena, so why just not play the season out and see how it goes? I, I doubt canceling the season is going to do anybody any good bad for the athletes and the schools will just lose more money. So just keep playing and hopefully they can finish out the season with uh, good conference schedules. All right. That's the episode for this week, folks. Thank you for checking out the podcast. If you want to support me, go to anchor.fm slash Lance Sampson. I really do appreciate any support you're willing to offer. I do appreciate you listening and I will catch you next week in the next episode. Bye-bye.